Welcome and thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Psychor Water Cooler, the casual conversation podcast dedicated to covering all things related to Psychor, including product updates, full site builds, suggestions and insights, getting the most out of your Psychor investment, and more. I'm your host, John Price, Psychor Practice Director and MVP at AmericanEagle.com. I am excited about today's episode as I am joined by Andy Cohen from Psychor and Naeem Al from AmericanEagle.com. Both are seasoned architects who have been working on Psychor for many years. With all the exciting transformation Psychor is currently going through, we're going to discuss today the new age of building a Psychor solution and a guide on how existing Psychor clients can become composable. Today is also very exciting because in a few short hours, we're about to kick off the first in-person Psychor user group. It's going to be great to see everyone in person again and listen to even more detail from Andy and Naeem on Psychor XM Cloud and Psychor CDP. So guys, let's start with a little bit more about your backgrounds before we dive into any topic. So Andy, it's great to have you here in person, in studio. Thank you. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and your current role at Psychor. Uh, about myself in my current role or about myself? It's up to you. All right. Both. Uh, <laughs> um, I was born. <laughs> we, can, we can start yeah. there. I was actually born in Alabama. I grew up in California. I moved to Minneapolis 2010. And I started working on Psychor projects for a Psychor partner, Horizontal, and that basically started my career. Before that, I had been development manager for a couple of different technology companies, leading agile teams. And after Horizontal, I started as a development manager, became a technical director, and eventually came into a role doing DevOps-specific work. At Horizontal, we were trying to standardize our process so that we could deploy to every customer the same exact way so that it was a repeatable process, right? Every dream that you have at an agency for Psychor development, but in reality, they don't turn out that way. So this is kind of relevant, actually, to what I'm doing now. When I started at Psychor, I actually got hired as a solution architect for the sales engineering team. I worked on various pitches, doing some of the more complex demos for Psychor. Then when COVID hit, things kind of slowed down. I had reached out to a few people I knew in the company, and I was just asking around in some other departments, can I help out? Do you need any extra work? You know, I have this development background. Tom DeRitter, the CTO and Style Labs founder, he said, hey, why don't you come on and help us out? I knew Tom. I had met him. I went over to Brussels to do some content of training and then started working with Cam Figgy and Alistair Dennis. Cam Figgy, author of Unicorn. Yep. And Alistair Dennis, he's done a lot of things at Psychor. I think he worked on the WeBlog module and he did a couple of other things. I think he was involved a lot in XConnect. So I started working on Experience Edge and... Before it was called Edge, I think we called it CAS. It was Content as a Service. And it was meant to be just for Content Hub. After we built it, we sat back and we said, well, wait a second, this thing we built, it doesn't really matter where you're publishing from. So why don't we publish from XM, right? And you know, I pitched that idea to Nick Wesselman. I sent it out to like anybody who I knew at the company and Nick, I think, responded like, that's the dumbest idea ever. And the idea for publishing from XM to Edge kind of just sat there for like three or four months. Then Nick came back, you know, three, four, five months later and was like, okay, we're doing this thing now. We're going to publish from XM into Edge. And it, it's kind of where we are today. So we can publish and do content delivery or we can do XM without 
content delivery servers. We can publish directly to Edge. And that's kind of the backbone of XM Cloud, really, in getting XM to be you know, a standalone thing and get rid of the need for content delivery servers. And that evolved into XM Cloud. So that's kind of a long story of how I got from development to XM Cloud all in the same. From birth to Psycho being exactly. SaaS, that's a pretty impressive story. Exactly. Naeem's yeah. got a lot to live up to in a few <clears> minutes. But basically, seasoned Psycho architect, you like Psycho so much, you decided to go work for Psycho. And we're going to talk more about XM Cloud here in a little bit. But this is Psycho's new version of XM that is, should be truly SaaS. Is that correct? Yep. All right. We'll dive into that in a little bit more detail. But appreciate the background, Andy. And again, mm -hmm. thanks for being here. So, Naeem. You know, I would like to hear a little bit more about your background. I, I do know you, but I'd like to a little bit more background for the listeners. Sure. Uh, thank you, John. My story would be short. <laughs> <laughs> I have like 20 years of experience in programming in general, starting as a Windows developer, then moved to web. The last seven years I was working on Sitecore and six of these years I'm working with AmericanEagle.com as a architect. That's it. All right, you're not going to get off that easy. So, <laughs> so seven years working on Psychor, yep. six with AmericanEagle.com. Good choice. So just going to ask you, put you on the spot. You know, from your perspective, how has Psychor changed through the years? Like what version did you start on? Right, We're obviously on 10.2 right now, but what version did you start on? The first project, maybe I was on 7.5. It's hard to believe that was six years ago. It doesn't seem that long ago. But anyways, time yeah. flies when you're having fun. So uh, Then we moved quickly to version 8, which was really a big upgrade. I did not like 7.5 that much, but it was really impressive from that time. Now we have 10, and now we are moving to composable solutions like XM and CDB, which is really great movement from Sidecore. Yeah. I like the honesty on this episode. First, Nick denied your idea, then took credit for it. I'm just joking. And then, yeah, Psychor 8, big improvement over 7.5. Nick didn't take credit. <laughs> no, he didn't. He, no. Of course, I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks, Naeem, for your background. And, you know, again, just to kind of learn a little bit more about you. So, Psychor 7.5, 8, and then, you know, right now, what other products are you working on on the Psychor stack that might be relevant? Yeah, I'm a certified Sitecore 8, 9, 10, and recently certified Sitecore CDB. And that's what I'm working on recently in the last maybe few months. I like it so far. Uh, it's very interesting and powerful. And we can maybe talk about that. Yeah. It's also great that you're here because just in a few short hours, both of you are going to be presenting on new and interesting topics that we're talking about now at the Chicago Sitecore user group downstairs. So... Andy, sounds like you were on a bit of a tour day user groups at the moment. You were just in Milwaukee last night. You know, sounds a little bit more vigorous in the Tour de France. It's a lot of a lot of in-person events here. But I'm curious, guys, you know, with, you know, I'm glad to see this Chicago Cycle user group is back in person for the first time in a few years. You know, let's talk about user groups. So why would someone want to attend a user group? You know, what are they? What do they mean, Andy? Like, what's your perspective there? When I first started doing development, user groups in general are just a great way to meet people. You get to meet some of your heroes sometimes, you know, depending on who's speaking. Um, I'm meeting you today. Uh, so. Thank you. Thank you. I autographs later. Um, <laughs> that's just a joke. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I have to be honest. I tend to be a guy who goes to, you know, Psychor Symposium and I end up like picking the wrong sessions and really not enjoying them. And I really, you know, it's all about the people. It's all about the community, right? Meeting people and, and branching out and seeing what else is going on there. There are some cool topics, though, generally okay. to meet people. That's why I go. Yeah, it's, it's good to meet people from the community, get their perspective, learn, and get to hear about interesting new products like you guys are going to be discussing today. 
Naeem, again, you've been around the Sitecore space for a while as well. What's, what are your thoughts on yeah. user groups? Why attend? Yeah, I will start where Andy stops. Meeting people is the key thing. Actually, I don't know if you know this, but the first time I was introduced to American Eagle was through one of these meeting groups in Chicago. And I got hired later because of that meeting group. So it was a good way to communicate, to networking. And also it's a good way to learn in very short time the latest technologies, the latest things in the market. Usually we are so busy, we don't have much time to read about everything. So this way in two hours, maybe you will know about four new topics you may not work on. It's also a way to pay back to the community. Sitecore community is very strong one. You can find a lot of articles, a lot of support, Stack Overflow and um, Slack, and also in this meeting. So it's a good way to pay back and be recognized by the community as well. No, good points there. Networking, obviously, a, a key takeaway there. And I'm, I'm glad you attended that user group and that you joined us. So this, that's good to hear. So tonight, a couple of really exciting topics. One topic that many probably have not heard a lot about is XM Cloud. So Andy, you've already kind of given us a little bit of a key insights there. I'm just going to kick it back to you. So let's, let's dive into the new offering. So anything else just from a high level that you can tell us? Release date, any other key takeaways before we go into more specifics? Release date, summer 2022, very generally. <laughs> no, no, that, 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 that's good. So sometime in the next, we'll say four months, four or five mm -hmm. months. Okay, that's good. Or, or sooner, yeah. Okay. You know? Got it. So and it sounds like you actually hands-on helped build this product. Mm -hmm. It's impressive. Okay. Again, I'm a user of Sitecore XM and XP, right? I've been using Sitecore for almost a decade now. You know, just from a, let's just start with from an authoring perspective, you know, what can we expect from XM Cloud just for managing a website? We'll start with something simple, managing a website. Well, XM Cloud, the first letters there is XM, right? It's XM, right? It's the same authoring experience, the same content editor that you're used to. It's built on 10.3, right? We've just broken it down into much smaller parts, right? We've ripped out all the guts that we don't need, and I'll go into that later but it's a lighter weight authoring experience that we deploy for you. XM Cloud is also much more than that, right? It also comes with identity services. It doesn't need an identity server. There's a SaaS-based identity platform. There's Sitecore Pages, which is a newer authoring experience. It's very similar to Horizon plus more. A site builder, it has optional other components. It all publishes to Edge, so you get Edge built in. I think generally that's the main idea. It's a SaaS offering, it's XM, it publishes the Edge. That sounds good. So let's dive in. You mentioned 10.3, so you've given us a sneak peek that 10.3 is coming out, not necessarily 11. So that's good to hear. So just <laughs> so let's talk about Experience Edge a little bit, maybe for the audience uh, that may not be familiar with it. So you're, sure. you know, we still we have the content tree in XM, correct? Mm -hmm. So I can edit content there and then... The idea behind Experience Edge is exposing the data in a somewhat of a generic way so a user or organization can basically build out any front end that they would like. Is that a fair way to say it? Yeah. You know, when I first heard the term headless, and even sometimes now when I hear people talk about headless, I'm like, what does headless even really mean? You know, it's kind of confusing. Which part is the head, but there's no head? It kind of gets me lost in it. So forget about headless, forget about the head. What Edge is, is it's an API, right? It's an API layer exposes your content in raw data form. You know, it serves it out over HTTP and specifically as GraphQL, right? So it has a query language, you can query against it. Um, and we expose like top level queries like item, 
layout, sites, things like that. Other things are on the horizon. But Edge, it's a data layer so you can get at your content. It has multiple data sources like Content Hub or XM and possibly some new ones coming out soon. But it also is served on a global content delivery network. There's a CDN that sits in front of it. And so all of your content, when you publish it to Edge, it gets cached as you query it. So, you know, it's global. So you don't have to worry about the delivery, the delivery servers themselves. You don't have to do server-side rendering of your code. You can push your data content up into a CDN and you could push your front-end website that queries Edge into a CDN as well. So then everything's really running on the edge and it's just faster. And it gives organizations the flexibility to, get to kind of use any front-end framework they want, right? That's It's a very unopinionated exactly. way of building a, a website. Not just a website, but a mobile app. It doesn't really matter. It's It can be omni-channel, et cetera. You're just exposing data for anyone to retrieve. Exactly. We have built some heads around it, right? Like JSS. And we've built some frameworks that work with a layout service or, you know, an item service. That's interesting. So I'm going to grab onto that JSS piece. So uh, you have XM Cloud and then tell us a little bit more about how, how would JSS work with XM Cloud and Experience Edge? I'm kind of curious there. Sure. JSS is a great tool that, you know, a great framework that's built on, I don't know what the original framework was built on. Probably had a couple, Angular, React. Yep. React is really popular right now. Yep. And more specifically, and more recently, Next.js. Next.js built by a company named Vercel. And they have some really cool features wrapped around React, which allows for static site generation in a very interesting way. It can automatically, dynamically update some of the content in there. But JSS, you know, it's a framework to help you build Sitecore sites. You know, as long as you follow conventions and you know TypeScript, things like that. JSS also has the content authoring tools, right, to allow you to scaffold out components, which allows you to have a WYSIWYG style editor, editing experience of your front end website, right? So a front end developer can build completely disconnected from the back end guys. They can build their site and then that, that same exact site that they built can be compiled and rendered and shown in experience editor and the content in there can be live edited. You know, the experience editor can show this. That's a very generic way to talk about JSS. You know, it's a JavaScript framework that allows you to do live editing of your website. And the reason why I asked this, because this is a huge differentiator, I think, for the product you're mentioning is, you know, a lot with a lot of these headless platforms, the one of the biggest thing marketers and authors lose is the ability to edit the experience. They're really reliant on front end developers, right? Building mm -hmm. out new templates, what have you. So it's pretty, it's going to be pretty impressive to see you have XM Cloud and then you can kind of pair JSS and still have some of that flexibility yep. from the marketing and authoring perspective. Mm -hmm. so that's great to hear. Next thing I was curious about with everything you're mentioning is the versions of Sitecore. So right now, Sitecore releases, you know, right now we're on 10.2, 10.3 is about to come out. So when Sitecore, again, share what you can, but Sitecore releases new versions of like to say 10.3, 10.4, is XM Cloud going to be on that same release cycle? That's a great question. So I'm not sure what the release cycle is right now, but we haven't had a release of XM, or what was the last release? It was 10.2. It was 10.2 and it was pretty maybe recent, second right? revision? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was pretty recent. Yeah. But 10.3, I think, you know, I was going to say don't quote me, but I guess I'm on record here technically. But uh, Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> everything I say is subject to change. Let me just, just, big old disclaimer right there. I believe that they're going to launch 10.3 around 
symposium. Makes sense. Right? Yeah. But there's an important distinction here when it comes to XM Cloud because XM Cloud is going to be built from pieces of XM, right? There's a yeah. bunch of individual components that make up XM and XP. And we're taking the components that we want and we're building a different product, a different base okay. image. And we are actually starting at version 1.0. Okay. XM Cloud is going to 1.0. I tried to get them to go to 11. If you get the reference, I tried to get them to go to 11. They wouldn't do it, but we're starting at one. And we're going with semantic versioning. So if there are breaking changes and we have very strict rules around what is a breaking change and what's not and how we handle these scenarios, we will bump the major version and you will understand why. It won't be based on some marketing thing. It'll be for a reason. So we're going to semantic versioning. Okay, that's really good insights. I mean, I'm extremely excited to see the product and it solves a lot of challenges and not just organizations face that are currently using Sitecore, but anyone that doesn't necessarily want a hosted solution. You guys will fully be a SaaS offering, which is great to hear. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's It's great. kind of, it's, it's SaaS and kind of PaaS. It's like a hybrid to help move people into the cloud, right? To help offload some of the pain that we have as developers, right? Which is coming back to DevOps, right? I came up with the tagline, we deploy so you don't have to. Literally, we're trying to take the pain away from you as implementers for deploying a complicated Sitecore infrastructure. Appreciate the insights, Andy. I'm really looking forward to your presentation here in a, about a few hours. So appreciate the insights yeah. there. Naeem, so with this discussion about the new offering and the move to SaaS and move to headless, right, there's become a need for a SaaS solution for personalization in what we call customer data management, right? So Sitecore historically has had a product called XP, which sits on top or in around or XM. So however you want to look at it, where it's an on-premise hosted solution, the track analytics, and then manage personalization, marketing automation, et cetera. Obviously, we can't pair XP with XM Cloud. So we have the need now for a product like Sitecore Personalized and CDP. So give us a little bit of a glimpse into your presentation tonight, Naeem. Yeah, Sitecore acquired Boxaver recently in 2021, which is the then it's rebranded to what it called now Sitecore CDB. Basically, it's a headless SaaS product. It's on the cloud. It's very powerful. It replaced the old uh, XP. Mainly, it used JavaScript library to communicate to the and APIs to push data events and uh, it unify the customer data from omni channels. So it collects data, customer data from different channels, web, mobile, email campaign, it doesn't matter. And it has really cool features. I'm, I'm very excited about it and its potential. Sure. And the problem it also solves is it kind of unifies personalization and analytics to a central location, right? And you can use Sitecore Personalized and CDP on any platform that you would like, whether it's a headless application, other type of omni-channel applications, or you know, other, dare I say, DXP or CMSs. But it's a very powerful tool, and it's really meant to be agnostic outside just the general Sitecore stack. So that all sounds great. How would someone go about implementing CDP? Let's just start from a very simple level, like organizations are like, all right, I have a website, there's Sitecore Personalized and CDP. How would I even get started? How would CDP start tracking on my website? It's pretty simple. All you need is to generate a key access and then integrate the CDB library, JavaScript library into your website. And then there's some steps to submit the events and start collecting data. But the cool thing that you just mentioned is you don't need a specific platform. So it can be any 
platform really it will collect the data same from mobile application or from email or website it doesn't matter the marketers will have one unified interface the same customer can visit the site or the mobile app or uh, do any interactions and all his information will be unified in one place so that's really cool the one message i'm i'm getting from you guys and this is great to see is like you know technology has morphed incredibly quickly over the past let's just say handful of years and the one message i'm i'm hearing is we're trying to make things i don't want to say simpler because the capabilities are becoming greater but you know Sitecore is helping simplify implementation time to market and how things and giving you guys flexibility on how things can be implemented so i'm gonna put you both on the spot here so what is the most exciting thing that you think is in store for Sitecore here in the next year with what you guys are seeing with cloud cdp and these other products that are coming to fruition you know is there one thing that you guys can point to that you're super excited about that we can expect to see you go first i would say the flexibility <laughs> The flexibility is a main character for me. Let's unpack that a little bit. So flexibility to basically build whatever you want, right? Yeah, and, you can and have, not having barriers to get there. You don't need to have a specific interface in specific language. You can have your website written in React or uh, whatever you wish. It's really big, big plus because sometimes it's difficult to find programmers in specific profession. It's up to the client now to do whatever he wants to do. Sure. And Andy, as you pontificate for a second, I think the one, the couple things that, you know, from my perspective, more from a, a business user perspective is, you know, less time spent on infrastructure, de deployments, deploy. right? All that, you know, let's just say 20% of a project, what have you, is is basically nil. And then we, now we can spend more time on actually building things that provide business value. Yeah. So Andy, what about you? Are you looking for a product or are you looking for just... Something you shouldn't tell us. <laughs> of course, of course. Well, you know, I was thinking about this. I'm obviously biased towards which products I'm excited about. I mean, XM Cloud, obviously. Yep. Reflection or Sitecore Search is a super, super cool product. But really, I guess what I'm most excited about is you're going to start to see a flood of new products and it's going to be... I think market disruption. I think it's going to be a lot of change. And I'm not the kind of person that runs away from change. I really enjoy change. And I see a really exciting future at Sitecore and especially for our customers, right? Not only is Sitecore super fun to work at, you get to work with some really, really cool people and solve some really complex problems. But we're solving these problems for a reason and we're solving them for our customers. And listening to myself, I sound like I'm selling something, but I'm I, buying it. This is great. You know, I, the change is really exciting. It might be painful for some people. It might be exciting for some people, but good things are going to come out of it. I like the cliffhanger, new yeah. products, more change, disruption. <laughs> we, we have about 10 more episodes, which is going to keep me employed. So I appreciate that, Andy. <laughs> All really exciting stuff, guys. You know, I think you mentioned reflection and Sitecore search. That's something I definitely want to discuss in the future. We won't discuss that today. I'll give you guys a break before you guys have to speak again. But Andy Name, really appreciate you taking the time to swing by the water cooler sure. while you were on your way to the Sitecore Chicago user group downstairs. So your insights, greatly appreciated. And you both are a true asset to the Sitecore community. Thank you. Thank yep. you. Hope to have you guys on the show again soon. Thanks again to Andy Cohen and Naeem L for joining us today on the Sitecore Water Cooler podcast, a casual conversation between colleagues and peers centered around all things Sitecore. I'm your host, John Price. And until the next time we meet at the water cooler, 
Be sure to subscribe to the Psychor Water Cooler Podcast today, wherever you find your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios, with special thanks to executive producers Renee Nelson, Julia Klepich, and Demita Menezes. <laughs>